You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. All right, now I'm starting us off. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Comedy Cellar Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99, the Comedy Channel. We're here with, uh, uh, of course, uh, the the host of this show, Mr. Dan Natterman. Co-host, co-host, unless I've just uh, been upgraded. Yes, you've been upgraded. All right. And uh, two comedians we're going to introduce in a second, but I just want to tell you that Dan just uh, starred in a Comedy Cellar presentation of The Godfather. That is where, correct. Where he played Michael Corleone. You are two for two. And uh, I have to say, Dan, I was pretty impressed with your acting. Well, th- thank you. It, uh, thank you, Noam. I just was myself. I didn't play Michael Corleone. Just to, just to um, clarify, this was like a parody of The Godfather that was... That I did with several other comedians here, including uh, including Artie Lang, as well as not a comedian but a, an actor uh, named Richard Klein who played Larry in Three's Company. Yeah, it was pretty. It was he, was, he was he was also in the production. And the best thing about it was that I played the mandolin. You were in the, in the music. So, so well, I thank you, Noam. I didn't. Comes naturally to me. I just played me. I played Michael as myself. All right, let's. And go. I did a nice job. Let's get this. Let's get this show on the road. Go ahead, introduce the guest, Dan. Go ahead, Nick Griffin. Yes. He's here and he's a regular here at the Comedy Cellar and a regular on this show, in fact. He's not, this is not the first time you've come here. No, it's probably the third. Yeah. Well, we like having you on. Well, I mean, that's, uh, that's a, a nice of you to say. I'm always shocked when, uh, when people are I feel to... like... Um, oh, Jesus. No, I feel like that uh, you and I are on the similar wavelength in many I ways. Believe, so I believe on, in many a, ways we are. There's a similar uh, fatigue. I find you guys on the have. same wavelength. I think, and the, and Tom Rhodes is also here. Well, He's almost on the opposite wavelength. Well, I was going to get to Tom, but uh, but I hadn't finished with uh, with Nick. Go ahead, go ahead. Tom, Tom Rhodes, who I never see because he's an international comic, which means. I guess, right, Tom? You're all over the world, right? Uh, I have been for a while. I just uh, recently found a place to live. Well, where'd that place be? Uh, in Los Angeles. I had everything in storage for ten years. So yeah. that was a treat to get everything out of storage, see what I've been holding imagine. on to. Yeah. It was a time capsule of outdated electronics. <laughs> well, where were you prior to like being... Like nude photos of girlfriends. <laughs> get rid of those. Like, remember what we had to go through to have naked photos? I, I would... Uh, no, take I a never roll had of film to the drugstore, these kids now. I never had a... digital uh, photography. <laughs> I never had naked photo. I guess I wasn't getting laid in the photo era. Now you say, but Dan, you're 46 years old. How's that possible? It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting laid in the digital it's era. A, no, I'm getting laid in the digital era. Uh, yes, I am. Not, not uh, in great frequency, but... Anyway, uh, well, th- think of the photomat people you don't have to deal intermittently? with. Intermittently? No, uh, did I say intermittently? I said not... Uh, I forgot what I said. Not infrequently. I said not frequently. Oh, not oh. frequently. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you why I think you guys are on opposite wavelengths. Please. You mean me and Tom Rose? Uh, well, Nick and Tom. Yeah, the, the, the two wings here. Because Nick and Tom, Eric, Nick and Tom, uh, Nick and Dan, t- to various degrees, exude kind of a a, uh, a negative a, a, a negative energy, right? Like uh, as, as part of your it's part of your acts, you know, kind of like. But but it's not an act. It's also like you know, kind of a. But Nick does it in kind of the like kind of brooding, like poet kind of like. You know, like you can see, like something creative is kind of going on. In, no, I was—he's—he's he's one of my favorite, favorite comics. 
I'm, no, I don't, I'm not commenting. I'm saying that is that these guys are they're introspective and they're they're thinking about things and then and they don't exude happiness. I don't mean to insult anybody. I mean, you I'm, certainly no. didn't. No, no, it's not for, as you can imagine. It's not the first time. I've, <laughs> well, even if nobody ever told you that, you must had some idea that sure, you're not, yeah, you're not yeah, kicking heels. Yeah, I'm not uh, skipping and, and jumping. And Tom Rose just has this aura of like. You know, and I don't know if it's true or not. Just like you know, like confidence and happy with himself and uh, ready. You know, <laughs> yeah, I would, wake I would up each day that, and yeah. in happiness. You know, well, how well do you know Tom? It's Rose? all going to work out. I, I'm all. I'm talking all aura here, Dan. I don't know. You just. But I, I never see the guy. I see him once in a blue moon, so I don't have a good read on him. But I'm in a good mood when I come around, Dan. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess you are. It's just been so long. You were. You, you're in L.A. now. Before that, you were. I didn't live anywhere for ten years. I had everything in storage, and I just traveled the world as a comedian. So how does that work? You, so I would do like like six months of the year out of the country, and uh, six months relentlessly all over the U.S. and Canada. Last year I did five months in Europe, a month in Asia. My wife is from Holland. She's been traveling with me for eight years. I know that's so a hot, hot Indian wife. So when we had time off, uh, the last four years in a row, we went to Rome and rented an apartment for a couple of weeks. That's Sleep, what I was going to ask. Sleepinitaly.com. Love it. Uh, uh, two years ago, I did a month in Asia, and then we went to Bali for a couple of weeks. So, it, depending where we were in the world, we would get a, uh, we would, we lived everywhere basically. And 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 you got tired of that? No. So why why did you finally get an address? Uh, just uh, I don't know to just be. Uh, I've been working on a book for about three years, and I'm trying to come up with my next hour for my next hour special. So kind of just to focus on on writing and. Whipping it together. I don't know. I, I couldn't he, do he it. He lived, but you did live for a time in Holland. Five years. I lived you, in so Amsterdam. You actually had a, an apartment and you were in one place. Yeah, I lived here in New York, 98, 99, and then uh, 2000, I moved to Amsterdam. Living in Amsterdam, you realize where your limits are. I used to think I was really open-minded about things. Fuck that. I got limits. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a sex club in Amsterdam. This girl comes out dressed like the Grim Reaper. Death. She had a sickle and everything. She put down a circle cloth on a stage and had a devil pentagram star on it. She stripped naked, flipped upside down on the devil star, put a candle in her thingy-mahoo, <laughs> lit the candle on fire, and then she did this break dance, and we're like, her legs were going all these different directions, and the fucking candle never moved, man. And the flame never went out. I'm sorry, that is beyond my Christian sensibilities. Okay? That is too far for me, mister. I'm going back to that club one day. I'm gonna get a squirt gun full of holy water. I'm gonna jump out from behind the seats and pop, pop! We're gonna get some Jesus into that girl, even if it's one drop at a time, in her satanic little butthole, okay? A little Jesus for you, pop, pop! A lot of my European friends tell me they think all Americans own guns and that we're all easily prone to violence. But I just want to shoot them in the face when they say shit like that, man. It's just so unfair to blanket me. And I just moved back to the United States, man. I'm in culture shock. It's like a foreign country to me there. It's weird, man. Nobody eats bread anymore. Everybody's on a low-carb diet. Really, people go to McDonald's and they just get the meat patty in. They don't eat bread. Jesus said, take this bread and eat it. It is my body. And the disciples said, Jesus, we're all on low-carb diets. We appreciate you dying for our sins, but we're all trying to slim down a little bit. 
We want to look good in the painting. <laughs> Technology is so much more advanced now, man. A friend of mine has a camera phone. Have you seen these things? They're amazing. And my friend showed me on his camera phone, he's got pictures of his girlfriend. He's got close-ups of her cookie and uh, <laughs> pictures of her blowing him. And I'm like, wow, you can do so many things with those. I've got to get a girlfriend. <laughs> what an entertainment package they are. You can bend them and lick them and take them places. There is no limit to the amount of fun you can have with a girl. Get Jusco in here. Yeah, uh, sure. Tom, do you know Jusco? Do you know Dave Jusco? I thought everybody. Oh knew. yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. D Dave, do you know Tom Rhodes? I do very hey, well. Hey Dave, yes. how are you? Nice <laughs> to see you again. You don't need a place to stay, right? Sorry, Not this time. <laughs> how are you? Do you remember me at all from the '90s? Where did we hang out at? Uh, Catch a Rising Star. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago. Bells have brought me. We in. even went to a uh, Mets game together. Oh my God. You were so high. You'd... I'm sorry. I shouldn't. have... <laughs> David, um, you're not holding that against me, are you? No, never. I was too. So let me tell you about nice Dave. Nice to see you, Dave Juskow. You were a stand-up comic. Yeah, back in the '90s. In the '90s, and you and you were on Star Search. I want to say the '70s. But he, Dave Juskow, came to my attention because he's like the single most beloved human in the stand-up comedy. I don't know whether you'd know that community. from Tom's reaction. I'm not so sure. <laughs> he is very beloved. I mean, everybody loves this guy, and having dealt with him now a little bit, I can see why. He's just oh, he's just one you. of those, uh, and Rick Crom is here too. You agree, you agree, I, with, you agree with that uh, assessment? I, uh, wholeheartedly. He's, he's really, he's, he's like our own special well, <laughs> special crazy Cousin. So, so he's done yeah. these shows. These God, first of all, he loves The Godfather. Yeah. Do you like The Godfather, Tom? Who doesn't? I mean, I'm a huge Godfather fan, and he's a huge God. So he's yeah. been doing these Godfather parodies, at the, and he's getting heavy hitters like Jeff Ross and David Tell and, and, and uh, Paul Mercurial. And, and <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. But tonight we had no, yeah. and Artie Lang. Dan I mean, I mean, people who don't leave their house for, yeah. for less than real sums of money are coming down. Rehearsing, doing, and you, I'm, I don't know if you pay them anything, but there's no 20, money. Everybody gets twenty bucks. Yeah, there's, there's no. I have uh, to pay you. I haven't got my my twenty. For real? That's all right. It's no, 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 no. I, I don't know who I love. That ought to fill you with tremendous pride, like as a person, to know that that people like you that much, that they're gonna come do this thing for twenty dollars. It's a, it's a real effort. I guess I, you know, I'm I, one of those people that just does. I'm just like everybody hates me. I'm like I feel like Charlie Brown. No, they don't hate you. Right. Sarah No, Silverman. they love you. We all love you. I feel bad. No. I wish I could pay more. I was just doing what um, I got the idea from uh, Tom Papa. Well, you, 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 you did how much show. can you pay with what you're getting paid? Well, that's what I'm saying. So I just want, right. I want everybody to get something, you know. No, I don't think we do it for the money. It's just right. I, know. It's just, I didn't even know there was money. I just did it because no, I apologize. Like I was giving it. You weren't. You came later, and I was just giving it to everybody all sitting right. down. It's right. It'll be taken out in sexual favors of some <laughs> sort or another. If Paul Mercurial called uh, Jeff Ross, Artie Lang, and <laughs> said, "Listen, I want to do the Godfather set. I want you to come for twenty dollars." What do you think would happen, Paul? I think <laughs> it was. It was. First it was of all, I would never get their numbers. They wouldn't even allow <laughs> me. Right. That's right. I, uh, no. Artie gave. He gave up a, a big paying gig just because he really wanted to do it. Yeah. And, and do, do you know uh, uh, Tom? Do you know Artie Lang? Oh yeah, of course. For years. I mean, 
He is just unbelievable. He was perfect. He was wonderful. He did tonight. it exactly the way it's supposed to be from the movie. Yeah. I think he could play dramatic roles. Absolutely. Oh, I, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was listening to him. I'm like, he's such a good actor. Yeah, he was excellent. Yeah, I'm surprised sometimes when the people don't know how it's supposed to be said. Like from, you know, if you know the movie. I'm surprised well, I, more of the guys don't really. It uh, didn't seem like the people who did the show. Yeah, that, the that's movie. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's okay, but I just you know I, I sometimes I assume the boys are going to know more. You know. Anyway, so when are we doing the next one? August second. August second. Are you in? Uh, you need mandolin. Of, always. How, you were amazing. Always. How awesome was a mandolin? That honestly. was fantastic. Was, the music that was incredible so tonight. Much. Do, you, do you know? Do you do know one of the characters? You know the movie. Do one of the characters? Yeah, but do you do you do you know that if you searched. To find a mandolin player to could play all the themes from The Godfather, including the Tarantino, you couldn't even find someone. No, absolutely not. And I, and and I actually already knew them because I love the movie that much. And your friend was amazing too. Was I mean, really, hey, Colin. Uh, we got. Oh, Dave, give him my twenty bucks because he was. I wasn't. I wasn't sure. <laughs> did, if I did, uh, you had now in this episode, as I mentioned earlier, Richard Klein. Uh, oh the, yeah, from Three's from Company. Three's Company. He, I guess he went home. He's not here. Yeah, he, he, took, to he stayed for a while. He took some pictures. Had to but get he, to was, the he did Beagle. a really good job, too. He did much better than he did in the rehearsal. There was, yeah, he did. There was only one thing I didn't like, but I don't know if you want me to say it in the... Please, go ahead. Okay. The, uh, Rick knows what I'm going to say. I didn't like the guy who played uh, the, the gay the gay character. Paul, was that Paulie? I wasn't happy with that, either. You weren't happy with that? No. And, and this I mean, is he was a, the actor was amazing. Rick, don't defend. I don't know. This, no. is, this, this is what I'm, no, I'm kidding. You this is what I think, and this, this actually be an interesting conversation. That's his, that's my fault because I made it that way. He wrote Paulie as, and Paulie's the guy who uh, is the guy who was a traitor and, and ends up getting the guy, Marlon Brando killed, and then he gets killed. Um, and he, he wrote him as a flamboyant gay guy. Yeah. Which is in this day and age risky already. Yeah. And then you cast a flamboyant gay guy to play the part. And I thought that was you being afraid. Like, I would have cast oh, no, no, Claire no. Barnes to do it. No, I was. Uh, I never think of him as gay because he also does, he did Johnny Fontaine and he plays the old man. So I don't, he's not really that flamboyant to me. But um, I With those pants I he was wearing, was that his normal outfit or <laughs> that was a costume? No, it's his normal outfit. All right, he was wearing, he was wearing <laughs> like skin tight But that was, yeah. I would, yeah, I wasn't yeah, he's, a, he's I, gay, but he's not over, he's not... You know, completely flaming. Yeah, I made a mistake because I should have just done it myself because I knew exactly how I wanted to do it, and um, I should have. I don't know why. I got confused because I get killed. I play Don Corleone, and I get killed in the middle, and I should have given myself another part because then I know how the flow of the thing goes. So I was a little disappointed. Okay, and, and but you know, there's something that is funny that's not uh, it's not so well accepted anymore. But it, like, it's funny to see a man dressed up as a woman. It's funny to see uh, a woman dressed up as a man, and it's funny to see a, a straight guy play a flamboyant gay I didn't character. even want him to be gay. I just thought it was funny that he just kind of was effeminate and, like, just so, you know, I just thought the gag was, he you know, he's just pretending like everything's okay, yeah. you know, when we know he's going to get killed. I, I thought that was, that funny, was funny, but you're right. It, I was very disappointed. I, I, no, I don't. It's not very disappointed. It ruined I'm, my night. I'm <laughs> just, I just worried if, if it, and you guys may want to speak in this. It's just how much has the threat of offending and and uh, political correctness just infected everybody's comedy and everybody's decisions about what they do? I don't no, know. That's you, true. You have, you have, you have. It must be worse in Europe, no? Uh, I haven't been to Europe in a couple of years, so. I don't know, but no. Um, and, and you're pretty, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is. What's the word? He's pretty. He's pretty. Edgy. Yeah. Edgy, that's what they say. Oh, I see. Well, like in Holland, they like dark humor. They like dark yeah. humor. Yeah. 
And England, yeah, it's, it's you know. Do you have they, to tone it down when you come to America now? And like the uh, the middle parts sometimes. Do you have you had people get angry? Yeah, I mean, I had a woman get angry the other day. I was I was at the Met and I I took a photo. It was a Caravaggio of Christ and and uh, and and the uh, uh, Virgin Mary, and uh, I, I I just tweeted me personally. I would have given Christ a bigger cock. <laughs> and some woman got really pissed and like you know I'm sorry you know the, the <laughs> my savior's got a big fucking donkey cock and it's beautiful and you know if, if I'd have been around 300 years ago when the guy was painting it I would have been over his shoulder going you're gonna add a little more paint there right <laughs> you'd have to get Rick out of the way but <laughs> I, I think Roller, Am- brush. <laughs> America's probably more politically correct than, in many ways than Europe certainly America's more religious than Europe America, you know, there's more there's more fundamentalist Christians in America than there are in Europe. Wait. Yeah, a lot of more, people are mostly atheist in um, in, Europe. in Europe, and then hardcore um, well, you uh, know, be- Muslim a, people. Because this was a <laughs> essentially a play of some kind. It didn't. It didn't. That political correctness concern never entered my head with with him doing that super gay flamboyant. Whether or not it fit within the motif of what you wanted it to be is a different thing. But that. It's an interesting point that you raised, no, well, it but it didn't, hit, it, it didn't It was incorrect, but I wondered if he, if he didn't say, well, but that I want to write a gay cat, let me make sure I get a gay but guy no, to do no, it. That no, way I, I didn't care at all. Like I a, was just looking for I'm some, inoculated, you know? I didn't even think of that for a second. In fact, actually, I said I, I, I forgot he was gay, and then I was like, oh, you know, do you have a problem doing this? I, I wouldn't have cared who it was. I mean, as long as they were able to do it. He, um, in the first one, he did... The photographer, you know, at the wedding. Oh yeah, and he did. He throws twenty dollars. Sonny throws twenty dollars. Uh, no, j- the guy that's actually taking the portrait. <laughs> we just made. He goes, oh. no, we're not doing anything till Michael comes. He goes, darn it, I was trying to cut out early. And from that, <laughs> like that's wh- yeah, exactly. So that's why I thought of it because he just did it that way for that one line, and I, that's the only reason. And, and by the way, Rick, who is gay, a gay American, yeah. gay American, he has you know, Rick, Rick was a Republican when I met him. Is that right? And well, I was I was center. I, I was you were I was a center Republican. Right. Well, yeah, I was. I okay. Was. But not not when I not when I met you. I, I kind of you veered. I, right I was veering that, that way during the Clinton administration. But now he's kind of a member of the kind of the prissy left. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Prissy left. I never think of him as gay either. And he has a lot of sympathy. <laughs> not for, as anybody I'm trying to get. He he <laughs> does like he does not like he. I, I'm not sure how you make your decision, but when he's someone's like playing a gay character as gay, he 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 scrutinizes it very closely, and yeah. he, and it can go either way with you. Well, sure. How I, do you decide? Well, I, I think that tonight's portrayal we're talking about that specifically was so uh, over the top in a kind of a clownish way, and it was not done in a hostile way. The character was not wasn't self-loathing. He was just very very effeminate. In a in a very macho situation, and that juxtaposition was funny, and I I didn't find it offensive at all, I, and I and I just thought the the timing of this actor, what's his name again? Mateo. Mateo. Mateo it was just brilliant. So I don't know, because I am. You're right, Noam. I am a little, um, uh, you know, scrutinous. You know, if let's say if, uh, if it's a straight guy doing a you know the gay guy impression. Hi there. I'm going to. Uh, and it's all to say, you know, all gay guys talk like this, and he winds up getting, you know, uh, some sort of a, a horrible thing happened to him or something. Then I... Let me tell I, you something. If that guy uh, playing yeah. that gay character today had been gay, I mean, had been had straight, been had been straight, playing it exactly the same way, yeah. Rick would not have liked it. 
you're probably right. You're probably right. That makes sense. We also I, I mean, had... I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I, I would think that was. Uh, I might have thought it. I wouldn't have hated it because it was such a brilliant portrayal, but I... I it would have made you I mean, uncomfortable. You know, it would have made me uncomfortable. Now that I think about it, we also had that other gay part with Luca Brazzi um, where we mentioned that most... You know, the uh, mafia guys are homophobic. We were talking about that, you know, but we had that thing uh, where he makes a pass at, at uh, Bruno Tatalia. Um, so we did address that the mob doesn't, you know, that kind of stuff. Or I was trying to be politically correct in that sense. May I just say that that character did not talk about sexuality at all. Right. This, this he just character. had the voice. He, yeah, he was just the effeminate voice. So it wasn't even like. Here's a gay guy, and here's how he sounds like. He was just being very effeminate. So that was the plan, just to be Paul yeah. Lynn. You yeah. know. That. By the way, <laughs> and Rick, if you don't want to delve into this, you'll just you can just uh, shoot it down. But Rick confided in me earlier today that his sex life has never been better. Never been better. And, and he's—I don't want to reveal his age, but he's not. I'm 59 years old. Wow. And you're saying the party. The party, it just keeps going. Well, first of all, he has medical technology. Me well, yes, thank God. <laughs> I'm, uh, it ain't all me. Well, he has medical technology. He also has computer technology on his side, which we didn't have in, in back in the day. All, all of a sudden, look at me. I'm a type. I'm a silver daddy. Is that what it's called? Uh, it's a, I've got silver hair, and uh, I'm an older Silver guy like a fox. And right. a silver fox, and I'm a type. And now those younger fellas who like older fellas... Are, I'm beating them off with this. Well, I'm beating them off. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> gay sex I mean, is a total mystery to me. I got. I, 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 any, well, any, first anybody else here besides Rick ever had a gay experience? <laughs> well, oh, wait a minute. What do you call tonight? I can't even imagine how they relate to listen, each other. Listen, this is what I, I say. I say, listen, I got gray hair, I got a big dick, I've been on TV, and I can pay for dinner. Uh, this is, and, and, I'm irresistible. And, and Tom, I, since you're the, you know, you're, the, you're the most unusual guest, you're not around, I want something you want to jump in on. But when you're with a woman, no matter what, even if you're like a not-so-masculine guy like me and you have it, it's still clear who the man and the woman is. She lays in your arm. Like, it's just the, the, the script is clear. Yeah. When you have two men, yeah. I don't understand. Like, do you bump heads? Does somebody, do you, do you trade <laughs> off? Is it, not if you're doing it right. I no. Mean, it, 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 I mean, be bumping heads. How do you decide? Do you want to be treated like a, like, a, a, I'm just sounds flippant, but I don't mean like, do you want to be treated like a lady? Do you want to be treated like a man? What what, what goes on? Oh my God, we're getting into the tech, <laughs> the technical aspects of gay sex. You mean like, like who's the bottom if you're fucking and who decides well, that, who that is? Oh my God, that. where did that come from? <laughs> I mean, that's what said. That, that actually is a question I would like addressed. Let let's, me ask you this, Dan. You ever kiss a man like really hard gotta, on the you mouth? You gotta go on? Soon, yeah. Uh, right. Two minutes. Uh, do you have any, do you have anything on the, on the gay experience you want to talk about? I don't, it, uh, always happens, no. it always happens this way, Tom. They get into you the gay stuff and they can't get off. You of must it. have a, yeah. quite, a lot of gay uh, men uh, No, I mean, you. it's, uh, you know, interesting to, I mean, if any one of us was put on the spot over our sex life, you know, like the specifics of it. You know, I mean, what if, you, what if you're with a dominant woman who wants to be on top all the time? You know who is there tonight? Still, she's still is, a woman. Uh, Liza Minnelli's publicist came to the show tonight. He's the now most the flaming. He <laughs> <laughs> loved it. Why letting Rick off the hook? And I wasn't talking about no. penetration, although that's that's certainly worth talking right. about. No, I'm I just saying that, that have, just I the way you relate to each other. Uh, well, to me, can I just say, I don't I know if it's a physical thing. It's To me, I'm more interested in, in terms of the relationship, who is more the husband, like more the... Dominant really? One, I, I don't mean physically dominant, but like I think in any relationship, you you have somebody who's uh, there's always somebody saying let's do this, and another person saying yes, dear. 
whether they're straight people or gay people. So uh, I, that's just a natural dynamic that happens. Uh, you, you know, somebody becomes more of a, a of a dominant in it in the relationship. But it's not like there's a role thing. Okay, today you be the husband, that kind of thing. Um, Ask me another question. Do, do, I mean, because I'm not sure exactly how to. Do you find yourself that. the dominant man in one relationship and then kind of the submissive guy you in the next be, relationship? Sure, sure. You can get a, a personality. Like, I was in one relationship where it was, I was the person who was always looking to satisfy the other person's need. You know, what movie do you want to go to? You know, um, uh, uh, should we paint the wall this color? Is this all right with you? And I lose myself in the relationship. So. Um, uh, and it was, I think, basically out of a, a fear of argument. You know what? You know I don't like to argue. So <laughs> when, not when you're not, not, not when you're uh, not, not when I'm sober. Not, not when you're not drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't been drinking for two years. By the so. way, what about the transgender bathrooms? Anybody? Hey, I'm two and a half. Oh, thank you. I don't like those. You're two Congratulations. And a half? Wait, Tom, Tom, you're two sober as well? Yeah, two and a half years. Two and a half years. I blacked yeah. out in Philadelphia, fell off of a bar stool. See this scar there? Ah, nice. Yeah. Six stitches. That was your rock bottom. Do you post your sober anniversaries on Facebook? I see that. One of the more common Facebook posts. No, he's a man. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm a year off the cigarettes. Yeah. I was a, I was two packs a day. Always been a heavy drinker my whole life. So I feel like I kind of just joined the human race recently. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I need a drink. And, and I put <laughs> William, William McGoffin every year. He posts his, his sober anniversary. I know. I said he's a man. That's why. But, <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't say what it is. He said three years ago today, my life changed, and every year I write the same thing. I comment. What do you mean? What the, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> well, thanks to me. I told him he was doing drugs the do wrong you, way. Yeah. And do then you, he actually went into rehab. Now he starts running one. Tom, the guy that used to run. All uh, right. Yeah, no, is jumping at the bed. No, no. Because I, I know he's got to go on. Yeah, do you no, worry? Have you read about the the the, the uh, cognitive damage that alcohol? Like I was drinking a lot every every day while I was playing music. Yeah. And then I read an article mm. that apparently, you know, it, you get like a kind of alcohol dementia, uh -huh. not from drinking even all that much. And it scared the shit out of me because I I'm, I have trouble remembering names yeah, and all but, kinds of well, stuff. I just I, saw some news piece that said like Advil and Advil PM and these kind of uh, f you know flu and cold medicines shrink your brain. Really, well, and, and, and like uh, leads to early stages yeah, no, of dementia. And there's no uh, test of like how much you've taken in a lifetime. I was I only saw one news thing, but I'm like, oh shit. Well, I the, like good scary, news, right? the good news, news is for Noam is that a monkey could run this place. You know, so he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. You know, Man, it's on not, autopilot. That's not what... That's supposed to make me happy? I well, want to... it could be worse. Can I tell you one story a, about your yeah, dad before yeah, I leave? Please do. Manny was such a funny guy, man. And the stories... Uh, there's one great story I remember he, he told me about from the Cafe Wa when Bob Dylan was coming around. Hated him. Yeah, he hated Manny him. Manny hated Dylan. Hated his voice. <laughs> hated his songs. And he said he couldn't even stay in the same room when Dylan would go on stage. And he said he thought to himself, whenever he'd see Dylan, this guy's never going to make it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely true. And it's even deeper than that. First of all, I, if, if I wanted to listen to a Bob Dylan record, I had to make sure my father didn't catch me. <laughs> and when Blown in the Wind came out, which was in argument, it was a good song. You had to acknowledge it was a good Great song. song. My father would, he said, I don't believe he wrote it. <laughs> he did not write I feel that similar about Hall and Oates. Yeah, but what, about, what about the times they are changing? That's that's an undeniably the, great song. He didn't know that song. Desolation Row. <laughs> no, he, but he, he he knew the 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 really really commercial Dylan song. And even even 
He might have known times, but Blown in the Wind, I'm older, was, was a, was a special hit. <laughs> it was yeah. covered by everybody, every campfire, Civil every Rights Anthem, right. baby. Civil Rights Anthem, that's right. Did was, you was, see that the waters around you have grown? Our, uh, temp, our temple classes. Bad. Well, how come we couldn't do that today I, in the show? I, I, I'm sorry, Tom. I, I, I'd like to talk to you some more. I'm sorry you have to go. No, it's okay. I, uh, I, you scheduled me. I have to go on stage. No, I know. I know. I, 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 honestly, I find I'm sorry you, you have to go. I don't know you very well at all, but I always find you to be a very interesting guy. And I know there's, there's a lot going on there, and you know. Anyway, hey, you no chance to talk to you. You'll be drenched to the bone. Thanks for having me. And on we have uh, Indian wives, you know, in common. Yeah, man. Yeah. We, we, anyway. And so do back, I. Back to the being boy, a bottom boy, 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 boy. Boy. Nice, nice to see you, Tom. Great seeing so, you, Rick. I haven't seen Tom for uh, 10 years or so. And your waters around you, You know, I'm the world's biggest Dan Natterman fan. As am I. And this I was well, the first. I was you guys the first. will have to fight it out. This I was the, was I, I not the really first? This was you were certainly early on on the early on on the train. That's right. I even wrote now. a song called Natterman's Down. Did you really? Yes, I did. Yeah, he, he did introduced write that. it. Yeah, can, can we, <laughs> with my band. Do you have a recording of it? I think I do. If you could get it, it sounded, I will cut it into I can the sing show. It, I can sing it right for you. One second. Come gather around, people. <laughs> Wherever you are. I don't know. It was about Natterman's Down, sign on the line. Natterman's Down. I don't know. <laughs> so have it, a copy. What I'm wondering, because well, one, one chapter the is... The Godfather there. That's my uh, Norm MacDonald <laughs> impression. Hey, the Godfather there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is what happens to me after I drink half a glass of Hennessy, you know? Uh, that's what it is. The next <laughs> chapter is Michael Corleone Intensive, correct? Yes. You mean at the hospital? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's Michael Corleone. Yeah, I see yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah the next one goes from, uh, the, from the hospital scene. Uh, I'm trying to think what I call Oh, I called it uh, Captain McCluskey Tries the Veal. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so Dan's got to shoot McCluskey in the next... He does shoot McCluskey. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Yes, yeah. you've got in the bathroom. Then we'll have to get a serious actress... You know what I'm talking about. Please, get someone to show her tits. Please. No, no, it's going to happen. Please. I, you know what? I knew this perfect girl, too. Who You're talking totally about Apollonia? Yeah. And you need those strange elongated tits yeah, like those, that's, that's etched in our minds. Those perfect ones. Yeah. It now in I'll Radio never Land. forget when I saw that and, it, and she opened it up. I'm like, there it is. Because you've been waiting, you know. <laughs> I feel bad. Nick Griffin, by the way, kind of left quietly. He felt, I guess. He did the exact same thing on Brennan's show yesterday. You know, I do feel bad. I, I hope he's not thinking, oh, well, we didn't appreciate him, because we certainly did. He thought that yesterday, too, on the Brennan and Tell Hour. We, so we actually, love he, him. He waved me over, and he said, here, sit down. I'm leaving, so. All right. I you know, he gets it. He's cool. Yeah, he's cool. That's all he had to say. All right, so you had a question about penetration. for. Jeff <laughs> <laughs> Scout told me a story that he 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 was almost the third uh, the, the third wheel after Dave Chappelle and Neil Brennan on the Chappelle show. But, uh, da but Dave Attell... Ruined everything. You want to tell that? Can you tell that story? You're like the Pete Best of comedy. Yeah. This, this is an amazing story. Well, Neil Brennan was a big fan of and Dave I always liked Dave Attell up until this book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, Dave, um, Dave Attell, when he was drinking in his days, when, when it was his birthday, he would come here, we'd all get drunk, and we'd laugh hysterically when he was on stage. And then one time, Chappelle was on early... And, uh, and, and he wouldn't get off, you know, the way Chappelle is. And Attell was just yelling at him from the stage to get off, and they got into a huge fight. The next day, Attell called me. He goes, why did you call the New York Post? And there I'm was like, something in page six about it. Yeah, it was in page, I guess. I didn't know. He just yeah. goes, why you call the Post? And I'm like, hey, I do things uh, that I feel like doing, you know, whatever the way the wind takes. I was just kidding. I don't know what he's talking about. And then he's like, why did you call the post? And I'm like, I, 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 didn't call, I don't know what you're talking about. I wouldn't even know how to get in touch with the post. This is years ago before there was internet or anything. Right. 
And apparently there was an article about Chappelle and Attell getting into a huge fight at the Comedy Cellar, and he got so angry, he told Chappelle, and Neil had called me and said, we're doing a pilot called The Chappelle Show. We want you to be heavily involved with this, because Neil was a big fan of mine. Apparently I influenced somehow. And um, then I was never on the show, because apparently I found out about a year ago, the reason was because I called the post, which I never did, because Attell told Chappelle this. Oh, my God. Attell told Chappelle but this is, that by the just way, got called the post, and Chappelle just crossed him off the list. Yeah. Uh-huh. This, by the way, is one of the reasons, David, you mentioned how beloved Dave is, how do you not love a guy that just becomes close to success on so many occasions and, and it never, you know, it's it true. never comes to fruition? But there's a, a flip side to that, too. It's like I've told so many people they're not going to make it, and I think they make it in spite of me. Like, I, I told Jim Gaffigan he was the worst actor I've ever seen, and I said he's not going to make it as an actor. This is like Why, why would you 15, tell him that? Because this is what I do. Well, did he, he has to you? tell people that. He no. hasn't, but his, 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 his not he made was in one of my shows, and I was just like, I'm like, listen, you're a horrible actor. You're a very good comedian. You're a horrible actor. You're not going to make it. So I went back to see him uh, on his Broadway show and apologized. <laughs> this 15 years later, I went back, and he was Did doing he remember? Broadway. No, of course he remembers. Yeah. He, no, we're, we're good now. We're really good. But for a long time, it was bad because I, I tell people this. I don't know. So the, be- the he, worst he one. He won't play here. Is that right? I, I don't know why. Rick might know why. I think that be, were you using him like you, like he feels you should have when he was before he was a name. Yeah, he holds grudges. You it know, was, if, it, if you weren't, but using he hasn't him, to me, I, so he might. You could get it over. If he were, if you weren't using him a lot when he was not famous, then yeah, and he's gonna be pissed at you. Well, now we're very close, actually. Uh, it may have been that he wasn't being used a lot when he was famous, and he thought, well, no, if he was famous, that. they use him a lot. Between him and well, me, I don't like your tone, Dan. But all right. no, I, said, <laughs> I told Chelsea Handler, I knew her since she was twelve. I, yeah. I, she's like Jessica. How can I get into comedy? I'm like, when she was twenty-two, I was like, kid. You, you just, you're not going to make it in comedy. I mean, I must have told her a hundred... I, we, I laughed in her face. And she didn't. She made it as a talk show host. Well, whatever. She still made it. It was unbelievable. You who, know, else, who else did you say would The Blue make Man it? Group is the best example oh, of all no. time. <laughs> I knew them. Oh, my God. Yeah. I met them. I knew them, and I knew their... <laughs> and their and my roommates do this thing where you got to meet them, and I met them, and they're like, yeah, they do this. They paint themselves blue, and I'm like, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> <laughs> this is a huge... You, you guys are wasting your time. So then I met... You know, I... I, I remember me and my friend walk out of that house and we're just like laughing. What a bunch of jerk offs. That's the loserest thing. So then I go to see the show, you know, after, and, then, and I was just like, that wasn't that bad. No, <laughs> Not that bad. I actually took Sarah Silverman like on a date, I think. Just, I'm like, yeah, my friends do. Once they made it, I was like, yeah, my friend, I know these guys. They do, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're great. I told them they're going to make it. But they were, those guys are so nice. So nice that they totally forgave me, and I went down, and they're like, "Help us with the show! Help us!" They're the nicest guys, and I don't know if you know their story. In you the punched sense. up the Blue Man Group. <laughs> <laughs> I gave them some pointers. Well, wait, the best story is uh, that I you did said David Copperfield. <laughs> um, I know David Copperfield since I was like eight because he was my camp counselor. The magician. And was, yeah. But and is that was, his real name, Copperfield? No, it's David Kotkins. Okay. We're from the same neighborhood. So when I was like eight or five and he was 13, he was my counselor. And he, he was doing magic at a girl's party. And I'm like, what are you doing here? He goes, I do magic. I'm like, oh, you do magic. <laughs> <laughs> and he finished the show and he goes, and he, uh, I guess like, the reason. You're like Forrest Gump in a way. I, I, <laughs> and I, guess, I think the reason I remember it so well was because he came up to me after, after and asked my advice. And I was the only person he knew. He goes, everybody was going to get ice cream and I didn't care for ice cream so we talked and he goes what do you think of the act and I'm like I don't know if it ended with the balloon animals I don't know if that's <laughs> uh, so I gave him advice you're bullshitting no, no I'm not I swear I'm not bullshitting I gave How him advice you? like 
seven? He asked a seven-year-old for That's what I'm saying, because he, he was, that's why I remember it, because he asked oh. a seven. He was only 13. You know, and then, so then the next day, this is why I remember too, the next day in camp, we were on the bus together, and he goes, oh, I saw David Saturday night at a, you know, at a, at a party, and the, the guys in my book, they're like, you, you hung out with the counselor? You hung out with Copperfield? You know, and I'm like, eh, we were at a party together. It wasn't a big, I mean, it was very exciting for me, <laughs> but I did tell him that some of his tricks were um, not as good as they could have been. This is why we love Dave Juskog. These were the, this was one of the most fascinating stories I've ever Those heard. Those are great the, stories. The last three things that you just said. Well, That's in one column. And yeah. the other column, has there been anybody that you did have faith in that other people didn't that actually made it? No, not one. Not one. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's like people always ask me, did you say that to Attell? Did you say that to Sarah? And I'm like, no, we knew that. I mean, I've known Attell since 1987, and there was no... We knew it was going to be. Uh, he was hilarious from day one. No, there was he wasn't. no way. You don't think so? Oh, well, right. You no. didn't think so either. Dave Attell was no. one of my late nighters when I ran late night. I know, and, but for me, I, I just faith. knew. I just knew. Yeah, I'm this, sorry. Is, this is the story. I, I told remember before, you told Dan, me. That's right. The, but uh, that uh, uh, my father, you know, I wasn't around there, but my father would have waitress meetings and he would, uh, and he would ask the waitresses, yeah. what's going on with the late night comedians? And Attell was clearing the room. And my father said, that's it, Esty. No more Attell. Esty wasn't involved at that time. Or that it was whoever all me. You that, said that's, that's it, Rick. Rick. That's it, no more, no more tell. And <laughs> Julia on, no. Waller, who was the waitress, who right. said, do you remember? Were you actually here? She <laughs> I says, was here. She says, no, Manny, he's a genius. Don't do that. He's a genius. Yeah. And my father loved this waitress, Julia. Yeah. And yeah. he had the highest regard for her. Wow. Because she said that. He said, all right, if Julia says it, then, then let's we'll, let it wait a little bit longer. And then pretty quickly... He 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 got all the everything together. You know, for me, I just knew he it didn't the suck beginning. Long. I remember. Well, no, Dave. I mean, the, the story. Dave used to go to NYU, and he would hang out and, and sit in the back of the room until midnight. And he had three jokes. One of them ending with, um, "You know, you've had too much to drink when you uh, when you uh, right, when you find yourself fuck, uh, tit fucking being tit fucked by a guy named Lumpy." Oh, I don't remember that. I, I remember you, you know you've had. You know you've had too many drinks when you get pulled over by the Coast Guard. That's later. <laughs> well, that was the second later. one. Oh, that was later. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he was, and he emulated Colin Quinn at the that's time. That's right. That's right. And I was Colin his hero. Had, Colin had nine jokes, and uh, and Attell used to end his sentence with "folks, folks." That's, that's right. But do you remember that? Yeah, of course. They before did. people, he be, before <laughs> he became Dave Attell, who we know now, he yeah. was emulating Colin Quinn. That's right. And, and that's right. It, yeah. See, yeah. No, that can was I ask his you hero. guys yeah. a question? And Dan, Dan actually might like this. Yeah. You know, they say, well, I'll, I'll go around just one word answer. What's the number of years you think somebody needs to develop into a, a, a good stand-up comic? How many years? A good stand-up comic? Seven. Uh, too, too many, because uh, by the time you're any good, you're dismissed as old. I say but, it's different. Uh, well, no, I'm not finished, though. Sorry. <laughs> That's a good one-word answer, Dan. Go ahead. Well, I, I didn't know you asked for a one-word <laughs> oh, no, answer. Because you weren't listening. Because when it comes to music, like if you say it takes 10 years to get good at an instrument, intuitively, even if you don't play, you kind of understand that. You watch somebody play an instrument, and you see that skill, and you say, holy shit, right? But then what takes seven years to go from, like, Colin Quinn, who had nine jokes? Like, what happens in that seven years that all of a sudden he, he's a fantastic comedian? Like, what skills are you but developing? If you just, just get back to my point, the definition of fantastic has changed. The bar has been raised. So okay, wherever you want to put the bar. I'm just saying what clicks with a comic not a physical skill. It's jokes, but I mean, how hard is it to, to say something funny? Like, like I'm saying as a layman, like what goes on? Do well, you even know? Is it your, your, your mic's not plugged in? Yeah. Um, 
Paul Mercurio is going to join us now. <laughs> always the narrator. Uh, I'm, I'm always the narrator. Or is it just magic well, and, think, you can't, and you can't explain no, it? No, I think, I think what happens is um, I agree with Dan, uh, but the Tonight Show meant something then, and that's why people became stars. I think that's part of it. And I think seven could be right, but I think it depends on what you're doing for those seven years. I think well, yes. if you're on the road and in the city, that's I think you get stronger, too. faster. I think the answer to your question for me personally is I think comics at seven, eight, or whatever the number is, start to not feel like they have to do stuff just to make people laugh, but to do stuff that they want to talk about. And that comes from confidence, being on stage, and being able to just be yourself on stage. And when you break through that wall, then you become unique, and then hopefully you become a star. You develop a point of view. Yes. Is but that I what think it is? In the beginning, you have to I find think, your I, point of view? I think so. I think so. I think Attell in, always yeah. had his point of view, right? Sorry. Uh, he didn't always have the point of view, but he, he was all, he, when he first started, he, he was absurd. But as he got, I would, I'm going to use the word angrier as he got yeah. older, but as that, as that hostility came out, That's good. His, it came from a point of view, it made it twice as funny. Yeah, you're right. He's you right. That's that exactly right. So about Attell. I'm sorry, who were we talking about? Attell. Attell. Oh, yeah. Attell. No, I, I agree, but I remember Attell early on, like all of us, doing fairly surface jokes that kind of you heard before because I think you're just, you're just, it's so freaky to be up there that yeah. you want to do stuff that pleases people. And then after a while, you go, fuck it, I'm going to do what I want to do. And Dave became pretty absurd pretty quickly, but. You know, he was doing pretty standard stuff in the beginning, but then he made a turn and, you know... When did Dave. you tell oh. Louie he was never going to make it, Dave? Early on, 1990. <laughs> <laughs> did you think Louie was going to make I, it? Yeah, we were all pretty sure Louie was pretty See, cool. now Is I find true? this thing with Louie to be so. really interesting because he was su super absurd. He was, was an absurd. And then, and then he, he, he turned the corner, he tells the story... That's was, what made me think about it, because Louie had nothing to do yeah, with what he does he now. He tells the story that he was sitting at the Kowloon... Uh, restaurant comedy club up in Saugus, Massachusetts and had an epiphany or a breakdown in a car like I gotta I gotta really do it do something else and now he's I don't want to say Justin that it's insignificant but he's doing something really simple he's talking about his life and how things affect him and while that's really good, that's kind of what all stand-ups are supposed to do. Dan doesn't well, do that, though. I don't do that. I, I, try, to, I, try, I try to disagree. You I do think it. if you listen to Dan and he talks about sort of his trying to get relationships with men, women and this and that, I think through his material you get a sense no, of it. No, you get a sense of it. I don't but mean I'm that not as being, an insult. I don't mean that no, as an I'm insult. I'm not taking it as an insult. But, but, but I, I don't, my, I'm not keeping it real, if you will. And, no. and Noam says he encourages me to do it. I don't know what he means by that. If he encourages me to throw away all the material I have... No. You know, well, I, I think I don't think I think you have a, I, a point of view. David Tell doesn't do that either. So you, no, would you would say think, that he should do it? I don't think we know anything about David Tell's personal life or yes. Jerry Seinfeld's personal and life. And Jerry doesn't do it either because they're doing observational stuff, but they're doing it from a or from misdirection, a, point of view. a lot or, of misdirection. Uh, yeah, but yeah. that personal but, life thing is what makes like a really great comic. I mean, I mean, what is the, all the people well, that are current? I mean, yeah, it's I the personal life that people want to hear more. Yeah, but I don't think it's either or. I think the both styles are valid. But, That's true too. But I will agree with you that it seems to be that the more personal and the more heartfelt it is now, the more people are drawn to it these days. But even prior, even prior went through it. You look at yeah. him at 68 and 69 on The Tonight Show in a suit and tie. Yeah. Sure. It was real, like, friendly, easy stuff. And uh, then... You know, that, that, that episode that he had in Vegas with a big white audience, and he went out and he said, fuck it, and he dropped the mic and he walked out, and then he started working small clubs, and he turned into the prior that everybody revered. Right. I think everybody I, goes through that process. Everybody said I would have been a... Everybody tells me when I was doing comedy that I, you know, they 
I needed to be more about myself, tell like more stuff, and I, I just can't seem to do it. I just never want I hide behind invitations. But, yeah, but I want to pay you a compliment. Stuff is not true. <laughs> exactly. I want to pay you a compliment, Dave, because you always you always discount how funny you are. He did a great set tonight. Yeah, yes. That tr Thank truly you. reflected you. Like I believe that you run around your house and do impressions of kids. Oh no, no, I do that. I know, but 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 to say that people don't get a sense of you well, from that, I'm I think branching you're wrong. out now. It's like when I was doing it more, I was only doing imitations, kind of hiding behind them, and I. I remember I did a, one of those Aspen one-person shows, and that guy Lucian from the comedy strip came, the comic strip came out one time, and he goes, "Well, we've gotten to see a little bit more of Dave Jaskow uh, this but, time, you know." Like, but I, you know, uh, so but that's how you get more better. People, I guess. a lot of times, people tell do tell young comics, "We want to hear more about you," uh, but uh, as we said, David Tell doesn't talk really about himself. Neither does. Uh, you know, um, Stephen Wright never did yeah, that. We're, we're, Ronnie there's, there's Dangerfield obsession. never there's did a, that. Exceptions, just yeah, like Jerry, Jerry, exceptions. I'm talking about half of the uh, Jerry Seinfeld didn't well, do that. Well, you're talking about the people, like the people that tell and Rickles Dangerfield. They they all have like one. They're one-liner guys. Yeah, that's like kind of uh, different, though, right? And no. it's hard to build a TV show around that character. Well, forget about a TV that. show. I'm saying as a comic. There's, it's not wrong to do... Nothing is wrong. You know, Woody Allen did his whole thing about the moose. There's nothing about Woody Allen, the real Woody Allen, in any of that. And that was one of the greatest, <laughs> considered, I think, by many comics. Well, that's one true, of the but greatest. also, like, with Attell, like you're saying, um, you still do... You aren't really getting involved, but you're getting... I mean, that's his character. His character that's who not he who is. he is. But I do that's not who he is. Well, you I don't do, think that's who he is? I think well, he's well, on stage. It's a part of he, who he, he is. He doesn't hang around with Lollipop Johns and solve crimes. He never fucked the girl <laughs> in Doggy Style because uh, that's but, just how she passed but, out. But we all know... I disagree with that one. But we all know Dave off stage, and he's a real introvert, so it doesn't surprise me that he's not comfortable on stage well, in front regardless, of strangers. Regardless of why he's comfortable, he doesn't... He's not... What you what we were describing as talking about yourself. He's not really doing that. Right. Go ahead, no, but Rick. I think what, what what the grain of truth that does come through, no matter what kind of material you're doing, even if it's observational, is the point of view and that. But that emotion that is there, there, and that's the real thing we see. It's not exactly you know the stories or the jokes he's telling. We're we're seeing that real point of view. I mean, uh, Lewis Black is the sweetest man in the world off stage, but there's that little part of him. That he says he lets the man out who comes out, uh, the Tasmanian devil. That's really a part of him. Yes, yes. That he will never, in private conversation, he'll never let it out. He'll, uh, but do you so see this? Him, but you so, see but the, it's a grain of reality. But you see the anger, and the anger comes from uh, disenchantment and disappointment generally right. in like mankind. And it also reflects ours. Yeah. He's our voice in that. So, so yeah. God, I, you know. Also, you've got to do something that other people aren't doing. If I just kept it real, if you will, what am I going to say that hasn't no. been said? I. You know, I, I guess I have, I mean, my life experience is not that weird or different. Uh, or yes, it is. Your life experience <laughs> is pretty unique to, to the people that I know. And your, and your point of view, and, and when you tell me stories about your life, I find them pretty interesting. And I see how they could be interesting may to be an right. audience. You may be right. Well. But you know what? What's the difference? I've been written off anyway. Oh, that's uh, so not well, true. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> Can I tell one story? <laughs> that's why I have to go to Quebec or France. Can I tell one thing about Attell? Just one. This is why I. Just, he's so interesting. Um, years ago, we were playing at some club. Me, him, and John Stewart, and it was called. I think it was called Rectangles on like 14th and Second. Oh, that or Yemeni, something. The Yemeni restaurant. Yeah, yeah. and they yeah because they had glass windows. Yeah. So we were sitting outside, you know, smoking or talking, whatever it was, and you can only see inside Attell sitting there with the microphone, just his mouth moving, but you couldn't see what he was saying. And he just—he was just sitting there, so grouchy. And he was sitting on a stool, and he just looked so depressed. 
And then when I opened the door, the first thing I heard was, so I told Ellie Wiesel, lighten the fuck up. <laughs> and, then, and that's why I was like, is that a Jewish restaurant? <laughs> this guy's unbelievable. My father hated by, by Ellie Wiesel. Way, yeah. he, your father hated Ellie Wiesel too? Yeah. <laughs> he Boy, him. he was on fire, your dad. <laughs> my father, my father <laughs> Ellie Wiesel got my father to utter one thing he never thought he said, enough with the Holocaust. <laughs> 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 he really did. He's like, Jesus Christ, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> enough with it. <laughs> enough already. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. how did him and Atel not like each other? They had the same material. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey, by the way, is another guy who yeah. who is very you know, doesn't have a oh, you're real right. you're honest. Right. Excellent point. And he may be one. Of, he, he's one of my personal favorites. But could you say uh, that yeah. those Most guys are all characters, yeah, maybe? Well, 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 and that's uh, why, the uh, Godfrey, especially, is a, is a character. Yeah, and by so is Atel, and so is Dangerfield. In a way, you know, I mean, can you say that if you're yes. like a regular guy, you probably need to tell more about your. If you're a Tom Rhodes, it's more important for you yeah, to but there's an tell old your adage. life story. You, rem you remember that old adage that the difference between a comic and a comedian is that a comic says funny things and a comedian says things funny. Yeah, but nobody takes right? it serious. If no, it but bends. wait a minute. No, hold on. <laughs> no, no, no. But like there's like such time plus. Like if you do jokes, if you do jokes from a point of view, but you don't tell me your your life story, I think that you're you're more of a comic. You're you're telling, you know, like Rodney Dangerfield was a comic. Well, you know, listen, Phyllis Diller was a, a comic. Who, who's, do, who's doing one-liners no, now? Tell you, that listen, it's you not, obviously, there's not one-size-fits-all. That's the no, problem. But I mean, it's easy I mean, to make excuses. What I want to say is that we're talking about the personal stories now and things coming from a more human reality TV point of view that, that, makes a, that compels us all to follow that story. And I think that that would be... Uh, the style now that we're, we're craving more than, than just the jokes, but both and, of them are valid. What, what's the name of the guy we, who does impressions that we had on the show? Dave Jessica. No. Uh, uh, hey, are you sure? No, he's, no, he's, no, he's, he's, he's on Stern. Uh, he's, 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 oh, he's Craig, Craig Gass. Gass. Craig, Craig Gass. He's amazing. So he does amazing impressions, right? And we, and we put we put him on, and 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 it, it didn't it didn't go that well. Yeah, he's a strange guy, in per, but on the oh, show he material. was brilliant. But, but yet, uh, and, and, and so I tried to talk about he. he but the, the backstory to him is he was raised by two deaf parents. Is that right? And he learned to speak by watching television. So why doesn't he talk uh, about yeah, that? Why doesn't he talk that, about that? That's what I'm getting at. And, from the, and that's where the whole impression thing, I'm like, why are you not using yeah. that as your entree? It's one thing to do impressions on a Stern show. Yeah, how did Stern not even get that out of but him? But in a stand-up a, a stand comedy yeah. stage... I mean, I would, and so, like, when you have something that is wow, gripping, you right. should use it. Natterman has stuff. I don't know Seinfeld's life. I don't well, know if, well, he, well, if, if we're, if the we're missing out is, on Seinfeld. The problem is, is, I've told you this a million times, the funny thing about Noam is, I say this with all due respect, <laughs> somehow he thinks he knows more about comedy than I do. Uh, I would never <laughs> presume to say I know more about music than you. You, you understand this is just a dodge. No, no, but I'm getting, I'm getting to what you're saying. I don't say no, I know I've more about comedy Noam than you. I've told Noam a fucking million times, I can't combine... I cannot combine the jokes that I'm doing now. No one seems to think I can do the jokes I'm doing now and then just talk normally I think that about too. real shit. But don't you I have that's true. You can't, oh, you, you don't know anything about comedy. You can't, you can't <laughs> You're combine You're a professional. Them. You're a you professional. You can. You know, you can't. If David Tell was like, so I was fucking her, that she said she passed out, and then he was like, yeah, so my father died, and I really miss him. <laughs> that I it agree with. It wouldn't work. That I agree you with. You can't fucking But what I am too smart. You're a University of Pennsylvania graduate. You can figure out, you can be the guy that figures it out. If no one wants me to go in that direction, I would have to throw out all the shit that I've built over the years. I couldn't even work here because I don't have enough time to fill the 10-minute spots that I get here with the, the shit, the new shit that no one wants me this to do. This is what I want to say. Point of, what, in the debate, when somebody says your name, you have the right to respond? That's right. Yes. I have the right yes. to respond. You have the right to respond. Three minutes. Respond, respond I do know right. something better than you know, and actually you know it too in the reverse. 
I know better than you do how you come across to an audience. That is the one thing you performers never can be sure of, that I can tell you. And I know better than you do what comes out of your mouth that's interesting. And similarly, you know better than I do how I come across. So I'm trying, and, and so I'm trying to tell you, listen, I'm a pretty, you know, I, I see a lot of comics. I don't like dumb things. We usually agree in our tastes on matters of a third party. We usually think the same things are funny, the same, we're pretty alike in what we, how we judge things aesthetically. So taking the fact that you can't really judge yourself and B, that I have a taste which you usually agree with, you should say, you know what? Maybe, maybe there is something to what he's saying because the guy, you well, know. No, no, no. I, I never said you were wrong. Is, is that I, ridiculous? Well, no. I never no. said you were no. wrong, I, but I said many times that I couldn't combine the two, and that's where you disagreed with me, and that's what I disagreed with you. Can I just say something? yourself short. If I did go the route that you're suggesting, which is be honest, talk more real, I would have to dump all the shit that so I yeah, said. Well, I'll, I'll say one more yeah, thing sure. and I can turn over and I'll stop saying The way this actually started, just to remind you, was that I had noticed that the comedians who really were dominating in stand-up comedy were doing longer form material. And that doesn't only have to come from talking about yourself, but that very often that's what it involves. That the, the, the rapid-fire comics, while they have some success, they're not becoming the Louis C.K.'s or the Richard Pryor's or whoever's out there, uh, even Bill Burr. You know, yeah. Bill Burr will do a 15-minute something on, on something. And so I was, that's what you recall, I was trying to encourage you to, to find a way to stretch out into longer things because I know that you're... That, that you're tremendously talented and smart and I just and I'm not saying it would work or wouldn't work I'm saying you don't even try it's like you've decided oh this is what I am and I'm right. never going right. to try and, 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 and can I just say now something I'm done you, you get to the length whatever the length is based on what you're talking about and Dan just may not be at a place where something happens to him in the middle of the day an interaction or somebody talks him a certain way and he wants to bring that on stage and talk about it. Like, I, 12, 12 hours after uh, San Bernardino bombing, I got on a subway, and there were two women in full burkas, and I instantly thought they were terrorists. And I decided to talk about it on stage, and it's a little uncomfortable, but, like, if somebody's not ready to go there, he's got it, but he's uh, got to be ready, I'm ready to go, to go there. there. But I'm not, but no, you wouldn't use me if I did that because I couldn't do it. And Mick, I that don't he's right about. You got to kill in the room in this place. You got to. Right you that. wouldn't use me because even is, if if I decided to go in this direction that you're suggesting, it would. It's basically like starting over. I, I'm repeat this because apparently, you know, uh, maybe you didn't hear me the first time. I would have to dump all the shit I already well, have. First of all, what's wrong with that? No, not you, necessarily you, anything. You could, but I, this is how I make a living. Louis well, did it. Let me be something really crazy. You could L do... Louis was in a position to do it, maybe. You could do your first seven minutes that, that are very, very strong and then experiment with a little bit of what we're talking about. And then if you find it wasn't going right. well, then maybe, you know... That's a good point. Punt. And then you could also go to some other clubs where you have more latitude to do it. You're right. I can't use you if you're not going over. So but why can't you um, do your... When you go on the road, you also, do your regular act for I'm now do, and then I'm you work doing, on the other stuff. What I'm doing now is very... I mean, what, what you're suggesting... I guess might be unique in a sense. What I'm doing now, I consider to be quite unique. I it don't think, is. and and so there, that has some value. Now you suggested that people that are really making it huge uh, are the Louis C.K. types, the people that just kind of go on there, and there's there's a preaching quality to it. There 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 is a say it brother quality to it. You yeah, know what I, I mean? You're right about that. And I don't like that so much, but you're right. Um, 
you know. Um, I don't know, Dan. I know we talk about this every time we're on the podcast, but it's kind of like the same thing on America's Got Talent when you, the judges are talking to you, and we just want to hear more about you. Everybody was interested. Everybody was on your side. You, we just want to hear more. Well, when did I not? I don't want to talk about America's Got Talent. I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but first I just of all, like I don't know what you're saying. I was... Just people want to know more about you. They want. Well, when did I not talk about me? Like when the judges are talking to you, they're just giving you criticism, and you're not being Dan. You're not doing this well, and being like, "What do you know about criti-? You know, you're well, German, when, when, you, you're Nazi. You know. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe he said Nazi. You know, when I'm when, I mean, when I'm in front of live television in front of ten million, I don't see it coming. It's kind of hard to be Dan. That is Dan Natterman in that situation. A deer in the headlights. Yeah, I guess it's just but, that. But how, I, how you make too much of that. It. That damn stupid America's got. I know, talent. I do. I know because I was just rooting for. It. But it's just the same thing that everybody just wanted more. I know. Who, who's everybody? Out. Everybody uh, wanted Howard more. Howard Stern no, talked p- about it like every day when you were on. Well, if he, if he he loved me so much, he's never had me on his shows. He didn't love me that much, and and the people at home didn't vote for me enough, so they didn't love me that much, or want to hear more. <laughs> so on that know, note. Um, Sorry. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff to. Uh, every time. How many? How much time have we done? We're an hour. We've done three shows. Hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> Good. Oh, now, well, shows. you know. Uh, yeah, listen, Dan. We all we all uh, love you and see. Uh, That's a fact. And see talent. Uh, well, we all love Dave Jesko too. Yes. Uh, the problem is, is neither of us are are, are, are going anywhere. It's well, what, true. I mean, what, um, what's this? <laughs> I, I mean, I can we all be at that level? Can we all be at that that Louis level? I mean, uh, that. Uh, no, we can't all be at that Louis level. I That's mean, why being I don't a Louis understand what the big problem is. So you're you're a great you're a great comedian and and I mean, here's the problem is that I I can't do the fucking do comedy clubs anymore, and if why I just can't do it psychologically. I can't do it. I just can't. No, I understand. You that. mean you mean you just can't deal with being? Hang on a second. You mean just being on the road? I can't do it. I get anxious. I hate. The, I just hate the environment. By the way, I'll be at the uh, stress factory this, <laughs> this uh, Thursday, Friday, and exactly. Saturday. I will be. Uh, and I don't want to go. We have to. We have to wrap it up no, right. because we're already uh, way, way over. We're going to have to. Um, yeah, most of this will be lopped off yeah. anyway. I think. And not this yeah. part. Anyway, congratulations, guys, on your uh, success with The Godfather tonight. Thank you. Thank you were you. you were amazing. Thank you. Really yeah. amazing. That, that it really made, made it really brought another thing to it. Yeah, yeah it was really I, great. I agree. And, uh, <laughs> and show business is stupid. Let's just can we all agree with that? It's a stupid business. If to our go hu- mother hugged us two more times, it, we wouldn't be doing right. This. And Kids, I'm, if you're well, listening well, at look, home, I was a don't kid. I was starry-eyed. You know, and and like so many of us. But, Me too. Uh, Do you think? <laughs> yes, I know it's the same for everybody. You're an attorney, Dan. I'm an attorney, and I practiced. And my I had several people recently, for some reason, say to me. Man, your life seems so great and cool. And these are like pretty rich lawyers mm-hmm. who like feel like they're just kind of marching to the same beat. And I don't necessarily feel that way about myself. And I look at them and go, man, well, that would be nice to maybe not have to worry. So the grass is always greener. And, you know, you may, we may not have sort of monetary gains that we want, but, you know, we might be living a life that a lot of people envy. Not that we judge by other people's opinion, but... Yeah, but I think what Dan is saying is that, like, if, 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 if the Lord could come down and guarantee Dan, look, you're not going to be a star, but it's not going to get any worse than it is now. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay. What he's saying is that two years from now, I got, I got no guarantee. It won't get much worse, right. except that now I'm going to be in no, my mid-40s, and just, then what do I but do? We right? all have to have the yeah. intestinal fortitude to fight through that yeah. concern. Right. That's, a, that's the bottom line. We all have it. But Noam is huh. exactly, by the way, encapsulated it perfectly. Yeah. Yes, because... You just you just don't know. But look what we get to do. I mean, so it's you know, are you going to go back to the office? No, you're not, that's not an option. 
Bend over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on uh, that note. I don't know, maybe I've had too much to drink. <laughs> uh, you see Dan Adderman, what was this weekend? No, this I'll is be stress at the Stress Factory. factory. Uh, yeah, else? Vinny tells me that the tickets are, you know, we still have some left. Is it okay if I throw something out yes, there? Yes, yes, May please. 21st, I'm in the New York City Podcast me too. Festival. And, I'm on uh, before him. Saturday night, is it at the Cake Shop? Just different podcasts are part of this festival over the course of two or three days. My guests are John Fugelsang and John Batiste from uh, the Colbert Show. And it's at 9.45 at the Cake Shop, but Dave's also got Mine's at three in the afternoon at the Cake Shop. It's called this Podfest thing. It's, it's New arm. York City Podfest. What's the Cake Shop? Exactly. It's, it's a small venue, <laughs> like a, just a, you know, like a, they have music there or comedy. They call me, they say, you it's have a, zero ticket theater. sales. It's and I'm like, I told you. A competitor? No, 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 no. Oh, it's no, a, no, no, it's no. not a You're plugging club. a podcast at ComedyCellar.com. Podcast at ComedyCellar.com. We, we want your feedback. I would just like to say to everyone a good night. Ah, the next Godfather, August 2nd. August 2nd, the Godfather. <laughs>